Fantastic. Um, so that's a, a perfect segue because once you have your business drivers, the most important thing is how are you going to measure your business drivers and whether they're effective or have unintended consequences. So let's talk a little bit um, around what metrics you are tracking, um, whether there were some missteps that you're courageous enough to share with the audience because none of us want to then step into that. Um, any refining you did based on some of those metrics coming to fruition um, and, and anything that might have changed around, you know, because of the uncertain ec economic times. So although maybe some of the first things I heard, especially from Genentech on retention, you know, do people have, have, have the uh, opinion shifted in light of the sh potentially short term, but who knows how, how long term <laughs> um, the current economic conditions are. So let's talk about metrics, the evolution and, and, and your adjustments to that. Um, and maybe we'll mix it up um, and start first with uh, Debbie. Okay. We're so crazy. That's right. <laughs> so flexible. I know. So flexible. You know, exactly. I know, you never know. Um, well, the metrics that we um, we tracked and continue to track um, with respect to uh, are we on track? Are we on track? Well, one is obviously uh, retention, and certainly uh, since 2003 when we launched our initiatives, um, we've seen that go up, uh, you know, the re retention improve. And then I think now as retention is improving kind of by definition, um, people are, are not uh, leaving as much as they had before and uh, for other opportunities. And obviously just the, by nature of, of our business, you know, turnover generally is, um, is, prob is higher than some of the other companies that I'm sitting here with today, uh, just by, by the nature. And, and we've seen obviously um, uh, much more, much improved. So the, the issue for us now is retention of high performers, I think, in this market. So we'll continue to, to track that. And we do uh, track our high performers in sort of different quartiles in terms of where people are, are ranking. And, um, and I think the statistics I had on that were we've seen retention go from uh, 24 to 34 percent, which um, is an improvement for us considerably. So obviously that's who we want to make sure we're focusing on. Um, we're also, we, we look too at, at the issue of, um, uh, you know, are we on track in terms of, of getting females advanced in the organization. Uh, when I started with the firm many moons ago, I think, or when I was made partner in 1995, I think 4.5% of the partnership were women. And um, <coughs> never had a line at the partners meetings uh, at the re in the restrooms um, <laughs> in those days. Uh, but now I'm proud to say that we're up to 21%, um, which is may not sound like a lot, but it, it is. You know, obviously we've moved for, towards that. And you know, obviously the part of it is you got to think about flexibility and, and creating flexible uh, schedules and opportunities so that um, you know issues around care, child care, et cetera, uh, you can meet those because what we didn't want to do is lose a lot of talent out of the pipeline um, through the process. And so uh, our, the top of the house leadership in our firm is focused on making sure they're, they're uh, measuring themselves on now um, the advancement of women into leadership roles. So I'm, I think I probably um, helped on some of those stats um, with, with my promotion last year. But um, so I think that those are things we do. Also other metrics we use to track is a wellness scorecard. And so we have what we call performance management uh, leadership uh, networks, uh, which is a network of uh, partners, managers, and associates, seniors, et cetera, where we um, can, uh, we have performance managers, obviously, that are tracking 
what our success against goals. But in addition to that, it's success against, um, you know, are you getting your time off? What kind of, what does your utilization look like? So the, the, pro the performance managers have information on how much they're working and, and are they getting their vacation? Are they taking their PTO? Um, and, and things such as that, so that we get a little wellness check to make sure that, that do we need to be reallocating workloads, et cetera. So I think those are things that we're doing. I think one of the unintended consequences of, of some, some of the flex time and the ability to work more remotely, um, we did go to more a cubicle hoteling type uh, workspace, which does save on dollars in terms of real estate. But by nature of what we do too, a lot of our people are in, in the field out at client sites much of the time, or we've enabled them to work at home more effectively and with the internet, you know, in a multifunction fax machine, you can do about anything. So. Um, so I think, you know, that one of the unintended consequences is the issue of connectivity. And I think it is one that, that we are trying to continue to find ways to improve so people do continue to stay connected and part of the office, part of the overall office team. Uh, so that's, um, that's what I would add to the discussion at this point. So. And so let's just, uh, for the panelists first, how many of you track retention of high performers differently than just retention as, a, as an overall number? You, everyone, okay. What about the audience? Raise your hand if you track retention separately for high performers. Okay, so you want to see the unanimous up here? <laughs> you want to see unanimous back there. I think that's an important point to make because retention is a word that's, um, you know, said a lot as a key metric, um, but it's really what retention, because there's this healthy amount of turnover that you might want in your organization, so it's really, trying to foster that as the, as the right conversation around retention. Okay, Steve, what are your metrics? This is an interesting one, especially for a company so steeped in science and data and the rigor of scientific data. Yeah. And so uh, as a social scientist, I love you know, the kind of data that I work with, but the direct line between any data point and any other variable that influences it is not quite as uh, straight line as uh, in some of our other functions. So um, we, we, we kind of take that into consideration. If we notice a change in retention, particularly um, in a particular gender at a different, you know, gender balance at a, a level, or if we notice our, our attrition is actually quite low. Sometimes we joke whether or not the right people are leaving. And you know, so we, we have to be careful about those kinds of, they may or may not tell us anything about our flexibility program. So we're highly aware of that. Uh, I think for me the most important metric is whether or not people feel that their managers are making fair and consistent decisions about flexibility and whether or not they feel that they have access to the flexible programs that are available. And also, I think uh, whether, the, whether the decisions that are made are appropriate to the circumstances. I mean, I think that that's, that's something that's difficult to measure and so we're actually giving ourselves time. Uh, we, we didn't, you know, bust ourselves to try to define metrics that we thought senior leadership would approve right off the bat. We're actually taking a little bit of time with this one mm -hmm. and developing metrics that are based in people's experience of their, you know, with their flexibility programs. So, uh, you know, I think that's, that's critical. I know we're all, like, stressed out to try to get metrics and we're all pushing for metrics. It's good to take a, a, a deep breath and just let the metrics emerge. We'll know what the right measures are when we talk to people who are doing this. 
Good for you. That's very cool. Yeah. Um, unlike that. <laughs> <laughs> a different perspective. Unlike that, a different approach. Sun <laughs> is incredibly data-driven. And everything's ROI, everything. And so cost-benefit's not even OK, because if the benefits are soft and they don't turn into hard dollars, then you're really not justifying an investment in something. So again, um, years ago, when we embarked on reprofiling the infrastructure, I mean, I think that's the best way that I can talk about it. And you know, every day I come up with something new. I've got two new people here who joined not too long ago, two, three months ago. And they're bringing in new thoughts about how we continue to evolve what open work is. But the backbone of the program was indeed the metrics architecture. And I think without that, we probably would have had even more missteps because of all the ingrained beliefs that swirl around anything that has to do with perceived flexibility or perceived productivity or perceived importance of line of sight, um, which has really evolved with the internet, no question. And I think we all know that because people <laughs> who were managing by results before have always managed by result. And you need to manage by result if you're dealing with a distributed or virtual workforce in any way, shape, or form because you, the line of sight was gone. So um, it's a whole different mindset. So our metrics architecture started from the beginning with coming up with what the business driver was, and it varied by business unit. For sales, it's different than for engineering in a big way. Your group is more engineering-like in that they're creative, and they're academic, and they're PhDs, and they're very smart, and they have a different way of interacting. Um, it's neither good nor bad. It's just different. So we had a metrics architecture that essentially reverse engineered from whatever the business unit's business outcome was. And that's proxy for productivity. It's either revenue or it's innovation or cycle time or something. And then if they measure that, that's really cool. Because then you just re you reverse engineer what they already measure into those desirable behaviors. What do you, how do you evaluate your people? How do you know when they're doing good work? And any good manager can tell you that too. And then what we did is we linked that to environmental enablers, technologies and certain types of, 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 of provided spaces, and a lot of new management practices that were not easy in the old days. And with that metrics framework, we had multiple ways. Some were unobtrusive. Obviously, the cost was incredibly unobtrusive. You just measure um, cost containment opportunities so sorry. <laughs> decreasing the space that we were able to decrease. And um, on the employee side or on the productivity side, we would have the behavioral metrics linked to those outcomes. So sorry. That's all right. Technical difficulties. Kind of, kind of we wanted to take the, the, the thing off your eyes, and it took a little noisy. So Thank you. the screen now is. No, no problem. A little background noise. It's like, kind of like a UFO thing. <laughs> it is. Sir. I'm being transported, which is actually mixed reality. We'll get into that later. Okay. So, so I'd say the metrics architecture is key. And unlike what you're saying, which and I don't think it's right or wrong, it's just in our circumstance, given the highly mecha mechanized financial machine that runs Sun Microsystems, different approach, different strokes. Mm -hmm. And um, the missteps are indeed around what you then perceive, how the beliefs don't really change. You know, What changes is the new employees. Managers don't really change that much. You know, so I can get into that. I think that's my own philosophical belief. I think when you when you add these very deep seated beliefs about how you want to manage, um, it sort of self selects. And I think what we've seen mm -hmm. is the new crop of managers coming in, the new employees coming in, adapt to this like 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 it's bread and butter. But um, the older, and I don't even know if it's the older. It's just different. Other people just thought it was horrible. So 
That's fantastic. We'll get into that later. Yes. Thank you. Um, love to tell you I have metrics. I don't. Uh, <laughs> really and truly, you know, under 300 people, it's pretty easy to know what's going on, not going on. So I have what I call check-ins. We obviously look at retention. Um, you know, we know from a recruitment standpoint that it's an attractive thing to be able to come in and have the flexibility that we have. We tend to treat our employees as business partners. And so more than kind of saying, how do we have to tweak the program to make sure everybody does it well, when somebody's struggling with the program, they'll sit down and meet with somebody and we'll walk through what their obligations are and how they need to function to be able to operate effectively in a flexible environment. And then they have time to adapt. And if they're still struggling, you know, we might say we're really recommending or asking you to move back to a standard program or something with, with more structure until you're at a point where you can adapt to the flexibility. So it, it's a pretty low key thing. But again, a lot of what we do is educating people and you know, treating them as professionals, which they are, and having them operate as professionals. Mm 